Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. So today we're going to veer off into a different type of show and subject, and that is amazing true stories about Jewish burial and the afterlife. Ooh, ghostly music. (laughs) What does Judaism say about death and the afterlife and the purpose of life in general, what does the Jewish religion focus on in life? You know, one of the most famous sayings in Judaism is l'chaim, which is to life. But yet, today we're going to talk about also the afterlife. Is there heaven? Is there hell? Is there punishment? And is there reward in the next life? And what have been uh, some of the Jewish near-death experiences and stories? And another question that we're going to answer is, why cremation is forbidden in Judaism? That's right. All right, so it sounds like it's going to be a very fascinating show, if I do say so myself. Our guests will be joining us when we get back from the break. In the meantime, I want to let you all know that Israel News Talk Radio is now branching off a bit into video. And if you'd like to see some of our video interviews, you can go to rumble.com and you can put in a search for Israel News Talk Radio. If you have trouble finding it on rumble.com, you can go to my Facebook page. I linked to it there. It will also be on our homepage at israelnewstalkradio.com. And you can go there. You can also subscribe to our videos. Very important that you subscribe because, unfortunately, we cannot put these interviews up on YouTube because they will be censored. We will get a strike against us because these are topics that uh, don't always go with the narrative of what's uh, going around today around the world. We are speaking about things that... Very few people are talking about with professors, with doctors, with experts, etc. And so you'll have to follow us on Rumble, which gives more freedom. So uh, go to my homepage, uh, go to our homepage or my Facebook page, and you can find it there. We'll be right back. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date. Amazing true stories about Jewish burial and the afterlife. 
What is the purpose of life and death according to Judaism? And why do we focus on life? And yet today we're going to be talking more about the afterlife. Is there heaven? Is there hell? Punishment, reward, where does that come in? So uh, we're going to hear some also stories about Jewish near-death experiences. That's going to be my favorite part because I'm always curious about those. And why cremation is forbidden in Judaism. We'll try to cover that as well. Our guest is Robin Meyerson. She's the author of the book, From This World to the Next, Amazing True Stories About Jewish Burial and the Afterlife. She's a life coach, international speaker, and an award-winning author of several other books. She was named one of the Tikkun Olam Top 10 Changemakers, Unsung Heroes, and Influencers. And her websites are www.peacefulreturn.org and lastkindness.org. I want to welcome to the show Robin Meyerson. Thank you so much for having me. It's really wonderful to have you on. So, uh, you know, near-death experiences, I mean, when I first got a computer back in 2001, we wanted to wait until after the Y2K <laughs> to see if anything was going to happen. But in 2001, we got our first computer, we got onto the internet, and the first thing I did was looking up near-death experience stories because for some reason it just fascinated me. I think most of us are curious about what comes after life. Is there a next world? What does Judaism say, etc.? So saying all of that, where would you like to begin? Sure. Well, I, I didn't grow up observant knowing any of this information. You know, I never heard of the afterlife or Shabbos or kosher, but I went on a trip to Israel when I was about 27 and I started to learn some more and I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm completely ignorant about this topic and many other topics, even though I had a master's degree and thought I was intelligent. So I started to learn and uh, now I, I split my time between teaching about the afterlife and helping people choose a proper Jewish burial. I'm on call 24 by 6 for crisis situations. And there's just so many myths out there. So it's important to, to share our, our values. We need to get educated on these things because I wasn't. So I thought it's important to teach about it through books and websites and, and speeches. All right. And so, you know, Judaism is a religion that always says l'chaim, to life, to life. And there's actually in the Torah very, very little written about the afterlife. In other religions, perhaps they concentrate much more on that. But Ju- Judaism is a religion that concentrates on life. And if you live your life correctly, you don't have to worry about the afterlife. You just do what God says, and afterwards you will be rewarded. Why don't you tell us a little bit about all of this? Sure. Well, it's interesting because one of the Hebrew words for a cemetery is a base chayim, which is the the home of the living. It's kind of a, a funny way to think about it. But, um, you know, death is kind of an uncomfortable topic, but it's really a fact of life because, you know, our world, our time in this world is finite. And once you know more about the afterlife, it'll help you make important life decisions and you use your time wisely in, in this world. So part of knowing about 
the soul and the body and what happens after you pass away, that's that people are just fascinated by that. And so I teach about how the soul leaves the body, it hovers over the body when someone passes away, but they're completely aware the soul knows exactly what's going on. And so that's why we have our our traditional burial customs. And we want to do a burial as quickly as possible and, and not do a cremation. And in America, the statistics on cremation are insane. It's it's 50 to 75 percent of, of Jewish people on the, especially on the West Coast are choosing cremation. And so there's a huge demand to teach about the afterlife and why you'll get a good afterlife if you choose burial and uh, and how cremation is not something that we do in in our in our history is in our values it's not something that the, the jewish people believe in so and there's so many myths about it so i have to teach about the myths that people think that you know cremation is quick but it's really not they think that uh, there's not enough land to be buried but there's plenty of land in fact it would take like 10,000 years to use up all the land in america even we'd only just use 1% so all these myths are out there. And I always tell people it's the safer choice to choose burial because you might be wrong. And even if you're not sure, it's the, it's the safer choice. And it's, it's ultimately the last kindness that you can do for yourself and your family. So can you tell our listeners why Judaism uh, stresses that people should be buried and why cremation is forbidden? Just what, why is it so important to be buried? Sure. So first of all, it's the body is a is a is a holy object it it housed the soul for as long as you know you live and it's on loan to us and so we want to treat it with respect we don't want to you know burn it and there's all these images that we can come into our mind about like the holocaust and our enemies know that fire destroys completely there's actually no dna in cremated ashes so that you you're obliterating completely in our our in Judaism we believe in the resurrection of the dead and with burial it's like planting a seed and then you regrow <laughs> you regrow and god buried moses himself and so we want to emulate god and so that's why we choose the gentle loving thing and and bury bury our loved ones Okay, and let's talk about heaven and hell. What does Judaism say about that? Tell our listeners. So it's so interesting when I talk about this subject, people think that that uh, hell is a, is, a, is a Christian thing, but actually it's Jewish. So we believe in this concept called Gehenna, which is a place that all souls go to, but it's a place to be cleansed. It's, you, you cle- it's kind of like a washing machine for the, for the soul. It's kind of a hospital for the soul. You, you go there and you could be there maybe a second or you could be there, you know, God forbid, up to 11 months. And that's why we say Kaddish for 11 months. That's the but it's, mourner's prayer. Right. Kaddish is the mourner's prayer. And so, you know, like if you break your arm, you know, you need you need to go get a cast and get it fixed. So after the body goes into the ground, the soul needs to clean up the messes that it made in, in the life that it had. And so you go to Gehenna to cleanse the soul of the mistakes that you made. And, and that's what we believe. You know, it's it's something that everybody pretty much goes through. Right. I have to insert here that the one of the main differences between Judaism and Christianity, a Christian thought about hell, where, where a priest will talk about eternal damnation. You know, it makes no sense to punish somebody eternally 
forever and ever and ever because punishment is only there in order to correct behavior. That's what, you know, you, you look at your children, you don't punish your child forever because they did something wrong. You, you punish them in order that they learn a lesson and that they don't do it again, that it's to correct them. And so it doesn't even make sense to have the Christian, uh, idea that, uh, that is been given about hell. It just makes no sense. And as you're saying, it's a place where, uh, where the, the soul is cleansed, where it's refined, where it's ready to receive its rewards afterwards. And, and so then tell us about heaven, if you can. Sure. So it's it kind of, if you can think about sort of a stadium and you're, you're moving up in the world. And so the, the more mitzvahs, the more good deeds, the more good things that you do in your life, you get a, you get a better seat sort of, so to speak, closer to God and, and to the, you know, the main, the main highlight of the show, so to speak. So all that's why we want to focus on doing as many good things in this world so that we can have a great afterlife in the next world we want to build our our spiritual bank account so to speak not just our our financial bank account in in this world people focus so much on their net worth but we also want to focus on our spiritual net worth so we can have a good afterlife and heaven you go to a certain place but then people in this world they're your loved ones can move you up. You can move you up higher and higher. And that's why people do mitzvahs in people's memory, like give tzedakah, charity, um, learn Torah, dedicate a Torah scroll. There's so many good things that you can do to move the person up in heaven closer and closer and higher and higher. And that's why we say the Kaddish prayer, the mourner's prayer, and all the rituals that we have, because you maintain a spiritual relationship. You might not be able to obviously hug and kiss your loved one, but you can maintain a spiritual relationship and move the person higher and higher, the soul higher and higher in heaven, in the heavenly abode. And there's, there's so many miracle stories about this. And that's, that's why I, I wrote all my miracle stories because it's, it's just a fascinating subject and people love it. Yeah, I'd like you to share a few stories with us when we get back from the break. And I, I do want to just insert here also that, of course, you know, when Robin is talking about getting like a seat closer to God, we don't have a body. There's no chair up in heaven where we're going to sit uh, because our soul is a spiritual entity. And I think that uh, basically, if you can imagine that uh, when you do good deeds on this earth and when you keep the mitzvot, the commandments of God, and you're doing all of these things, that you, of course, will uh, have this joy afterwards knowing that you used your time in this earth well. I think one of the most horrible things to experience, and this could be a, a quote-unquote hell that a soul experiences, is when it has regret. When you realize, oh my gosh, I don't have a body anymore. I cannot fix things that I did wrong. I cannot go and tell a person I'm sorry. I cannot go and try to fix a relationship or do this mitzvah anymore because I'm not in, I'm not in this physical body anymore with in you know on earth and to have a regret like that seems to me to be going through hell and um you know so we want to do as many good things as we can in this world in order to be able to feel that you've accomplished something afterwards and you don't want to go to the next world and thinking oh my goodness look at all of these mistakes i made so many uh carelessness etc cetera, etc cetera, and you never have a chance to to, to fix that right now, uh, the, the way that we, we're g given this opportunity right now. All right, we're going to a break. We're going to be back afterwards. We're going to hear some near-death experience stories and uh, other stories as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Hi, everyone. This is Andrea Simento from Jerusalem, inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show, Pull Up a Chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together, we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, hey, we've got to talk about that. So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we're talking about amazing true stories about Jewish burial and the afterlife. And our guest is Robin Meyerson. She's the author of the book, From This World to the Next, Amazing True Stories About Jewish Burial and the Afterlife. And Robin, in the last segment, we were talking about how uh, when you die, uh, going to uh, first the soul goes through Gehenna, which is not what uh, Christianity uh, or perhaps even Islam and other cultures believe hell is, but it's back basically a uh, cleansing of the soul so it can then reap whatever rewards it, it would get. And we talked about the spiritualness of it, that maybe physical terms are used, like you get a seat next to God, but of course we don't have a body. That's why I was always curious why in Islam, uh, those that believe that they would get 72 virgins in the next life, it's like, we don't have a body anymore. How are you going to have intimate relations with, <laughs> with people? It just doesn't make sense to me, uh, at least as a Jew. But uh, maybe you can share some stories of uh, Judaism, burial, and the afterlife. Sure. Well, I, I, when I was a kid, I didn't grow up saying, I want to do this one day. But about 10 years ago, I had the most amazing miracle story that actually happened in my own personal life. And that's why I got into this even more. And then I started collecting more stories from various people and that put together the book that way. So this, this story happened about 10 years ago. And innocently, I was calling one of my aunts in Las Vegas. I live in Arizona. And I just called to say hi. And she said, well, are you calling because you heard the news? And I'm like, what news? And it turns out that my uncle, he was about 80, had just passed away that morning. And I had no idea. I just called to say hello. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. When's the funeral going to be? And she said, oh, we're not going to do a funeral. You know, everybody here in Las Vegas, we don't do, you know, we don't do burials over here. And I was like in shock and I didn't know what to do. So I called my cousins and I said, you have to bury your dad, my uncle. He's he was the greatest ever. But for two weeks, they couldn't decide what to do for two weeks. He was just lying in the morgue in this crematorium. And so I decided to get some action going and I gave Sadaka charity to an organization to study what's called Mishnayas. It's the it's, it's the part of the oral law, because if you rearrange the letters of Mishnayas, you get neshama, which is soul. And it's comforting to the soul to study Mishnayas when someone passes away. And I thought that would help get this going here to get him buried. So I didn't tell my cousins I was doing this. I gave the tzedakah on a Tuesday morning. And then a few days later, I'm calling my cousins every day, asking them to get moving with this barrel. I gave my credit card to the to the cemetery, but I had no power because I was a niece. And so I said, just in case they change their mind, here's the credit card. So then I call my cousin again and they just, they, she says, okay, I finally agreed to do the burial. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I'm flying into Las Vegas. I go to the cemetery. I'm at the cemetery and my aunt hugs me and she says, Robin, this is your calling. God is going to repay you. I'm like, that's such a weird thing to say at a, at a cemetery in a funeral. And I asked him afterwards, what changed your mind? And she said, well, I had a dream. My father came to me in a dream and he said, get me out of here. And like, when was that? She said, it was Tuesday night. I'm like, which Tuesday night? It was the same Tuesday that I had given the charity for Mishnayas. Her father came to her in a dream and said, get me out of here. Hmm. But then the miracles get even better. A couple of months later, after the funeral, I had gotten very close to my cousins. And I was about to go on a car trip to visit them. They, My aunt lived in Las Vegas, but my cousins lived in Denver. And I wasn't feeling so good. And I thought, uh-oh, I'm 44 years old. Why am I feeling nauseous? And I decided to take a pregnancy test and the stick was pink. I'm freaking out and my husband's jumping for joy. And then I'm counting on my fingers like a lot of women do. I'm like, okay, when can when is this baby going to be due? And it flashes through my mind what my aunt said. This is your calling. God is going to repay you. Hmm. And I realized I was due to have this baby about near the yard site, the anniversary of the death of my uncle. Wow. Fast forward. <laughs> fast forward. I go to the doctor and everything's fine. Fast forward. I go for like a bracha because I'm scared. And you a know, the, a blessing. Go ahead. A blessing. And the, uh, the, the rabbi says to me, oh, don't worry, Sarah. Sarah Imenu was 90. You're only going to be 45. Don't worry. Uh-huh. Fast forward. We go into the ultrasound. We find out it's a boy. And I decide to tell my cousins that we're going to name him after your father. Fast forward. I have this child on the exact one year anniversary of my uncle passing. Wow. Wow. Huge miracle. Um, And it shows the power of prayer because I was praying like crazy that he should be buried and the power of giving charity dollars, the power of Mishnayas and, and ultimately like, measure for measure it's reward and it's crazy it's a crazy story so how old is your son now the son. he is nine nine and a half wow amazing very 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 interesting and so um what other stories do you have that you know kind of like are supernatural ish sure sure so this story that i'm going to share with you happened um a few years ago as well there was a family that had a little baby boy and they called, they were not connected so much to their, to their heritage, to their culture of Judaism, but they wanted to do a proper uh, bris ceremony. So they called a local Orthodox rabbi to come do the bris and everything went great. And then a few months later, the grandfather of that, of that family passed away and the son was enamored by the bris ceremony. So he decided to call the same rabbi and say, you know, you did the bris for my son. Could you do the, the memorial service for my, my father? And the rabbi was like, sure, of course, I'll, I'll do the memorial service. When's the fa- funeral going to be? Where's the burial going to be? And the son said, well, actually, we're not going to do that. We're, we're not going to do a funeral. We're just going to have a memorial service. And that kind of the alarm bells go off. That means it's not going to be a burial. So the rabbi said, hmm, let me check. And he decided that because it was the cremation had not happened yet, he decided, okay, we'll do the, we'll do the memorial service in your home, in your living room. He starts the memorial service. He's saying some prayers in Hebrew and the lights start to flicker. 
and people get a little nervous. There's about, you know, 20 people in the, in the living room, family members and, and friends, and they go check the light switch. Everything is fine. He talks in English. Everything's fine. He talks more in Hebrew. The lights are switch, uh, flickering. So then they decide, okay, let's, let's go check the lights again. Everything's fine. He starts the service again. The phone rings. The telephone rings. The son goes over to check the phone, and he looks at the caller ID because no one is on the phone. The caller ID is his father's cell phone. Hmm. He practically faints. <laughs> so the rabbi says, okay, the service is over. I need to talk to the, ch- the children, you know, the adult children. Let's go in another room. They go in another room, and they said, okay, what, what's this about? And the rabbi says, your, your father is trying to communicate with you and that he, he does not want to have a cremation. He wants to have a burial. You know that this, was, this is what this is about. So they decide, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. The light flickering is freaking me out. The phone call, it's, it's insane. So they decide, okay, we're going to go forward. We're going to do a burial. And so he can, the rabbi continues the service in the living room in Hebrew. No more flickering lights. No more phone calls. They have the burial everybody's calm and collected and lives happily ever after. <laughs> that must have been a long distance call. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Wow. So these stories are, are in your book. Yes, they are. They're in the book from this world to the next, these and many other amazing stories. And the goal of the stories are to just share that, you know, the afterlife is very real. Even if you can't see it, it's there. All right. And so when you wrote this book, did you want to write it for having it as an educational material? And what was the the purpose just besides that, just that you had this in you? So look, I really wanted, I want, we have to defend our values and we, we need education. I didn't grow up with education as a child. So I want people to have the education to know that the afterlife is real, to make the you know right decisions about burial, to, to, to know that this is our Jewish way, and also to fundamentally live with an afterlife consciousness so that you can have powerful joy in this world, make a difference in this world, live your life in a meaningful way in this world so that you can have a great afterlife. Uh, and that, that's kind of why I wrote it, so that we can have, you know, make every moment count, you know, use your time wisely and, and build, build your spiritual bank account. And also because in America, the, the um, burial statistics are very, very low and keep going down lower and lower in the United States. That's, that's why we put the book together. And it includes, there's other things, there's videos, there's websites, there's, I teach uh, cure of workers around the world. I'm on call 24 by six, helping people choose burial and make these, these decisions. I have a very big case right now. I'm trying to help the Hadar golden family with their son who, who's been held. Uh, his body hasn't been buried for seven years. So I'm working on that right now. How did you get connected with them? I actually um, heard about this recently. And then when I was in Israel, just a couple of days ago, I met with Mrs. Golden and I learned about the terrible predicament that they're in. And so now I'm 
fighting that battle in the United States because there's going to be humanitarian aid that's going to be given to rebuild Gaza. And so I want it to be a precondition that we get the body back for a proper Jewish burial. Right. We have uh, we have two bodies there, actually. And yes, we have right. uh, two missing people that are that's held right. by the Hamas terrorists as well. All right. Well, we have to go to a break uh, now. But when we get back, I want you to share uh, just a, another story or two with us about, uh, you know, supernatural type things that have happened and how it made an impression. And I want you to talk also about the Hevra Kadisha or the Jewish Burial Society, you know, the Jewish laws of how you bury somebody, which is quite unique as well. We're going to be back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Are you interested in transforming your life, drawing closer to the Creator, and uncovering the deeper meanings and hidden treasures in the Hebrew Bible? Then join me, Rav Yitzhak Michelson, and me, William Hall, on the Science of Kabbalah, where we are seeking to narrow the gap between what we understand of our physical and spiritual worlds. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Israel Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on Israel News Talk Radio. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we're talking about the afterlife, uh, according to Judaism. Our guest is Robin Mayerson. She is the author of the book, From This World to the Next, Amazing True Stories About Jewish Burial and the Afterlife. And I wanted you, if you could, uh, Robin, to share with us another couple of stories, maybe, that have happened that are quite unique and you know, give you goosebumps. I, I love hearing things like this. And also, if you can talk afterwards about working with dead bodies, preparing them for burial in, with the Hevra Kadisha or the Jewish Burial Society. But uh, first, let's start out with a couple of stories. Go ahead. Sure. So the, the last couple of stories were a little spooky and uh, scary, but I want to share a couple of really like positive stories. One, this story that I'm going to share is called Plotting a Future Marriage. And this story happened about um, 15 years ago. We were, my husband and I were going to New Jersey to visit where his mother is actually buried in Paramus, New Jersey. It's a very large cemetery, very old, a couple of hundred years old cemetery. A lot of Jewish people are buried there, but there's many cemeteries on the East Coast from all the people who came over from Eastern Europe. So as I was mentioning to my own mother that that we were going on this trip to the East Coast, she said, oh, I think my grandparents are also buried there. And I thought, oh, how can that be? There's so many cemeteries. So we go to the cemetery and my husband visits his mother's uh, gravesite and says special prayers. It's a very solemn occasion. He loved his mother dearly. And then afterwards, I said, you know, can we look around and see if uh, my mother was right? And if, you know, she her memory is right. And if her grandparents are, are buried here as well. And I get I went to the office, asked for the, the name and they said, yes, actually, the name is here. The Markowitzes are here. So I thought, oh, wow, my mom was right. We So we take the map, and this is a massively large cemetery, and we look and we go, and literally 10 steps away from my husband's mother and grandmother and aunts and uncles, 10 steps away is my 
mother's entire family. <laughs> the entire family is there. Her grandparents on both sides, her grandparents, the whole thing, the whole aunts and uncles. So literally 10 steps away is my husband's family and my family. And I call that story plotting a future marriage because they must have made the match in heaven, the souls, <laughs> because now a hundred years later, we're there visiting, visiting their grave sites wow. Wow. and mem remembering them. That's amazing. That's you, you can say coincidence or not. <laughs> it's, it's up to you. All right. And, and maybe another story from your book you can share. Sure. Yeah. You know, there are no such thing as coincidences in, in Judaism. So um, it was meant to be. So this next story has to do with the important uh, mitzvah. When we bury someone, we, we, we want to bury all of them. Okay. So it's in some, in sometimes, unfortunately, there's situations where it's a car accident or a horrific situation, but we go to great efforts in the Hevra to bury every, every single part of the person. Okay. It's very, very important. And this story happened about um, seven or so years ago. And there was a, there was a suicide and we, we didn't know exactly how the situation had happened and we had to we had to go to the scene and we had to you know be prepared to do whatever cleanup we needed to do to collect all all the parts because that's what we believe in now i had never done this before and i was my heart was pounding but i just have to share something very very personal <laughs> so you get the picture of the situation this was in a very low income part of town it was a little scary to drive over there however i um i had been to what's called the ritual bath the night before the mikvah and there's this there's this uh custom that there's a thousand angels that escort you for the next 24 hours so i felt to myself okay I have all these angels following me. I'm going to be okay. So I go to the, to the place of the act, you know, the incident. I have the keys. I um, open the door. I'm wearing, uh, you know, a, an apron, booties on my, on my shoes, gloves, the whole thing, mask. And I go into the, the, the crime scene and I, I felt I was going to be okay. I wasn't going to be, even though my heart was like pounding out of my chest and I go and I'm able to see what the situation is. And I did not need to call in extra reinforced you know, people to come help me. I was able to manage pretty much by myself and get what I needed to do. And, um, and we were able to bury this, this person fully intact with all of the, all everything that we needed to do, because there's a, there's a concept that if you don't fully bury all the parts that the soul is going to suffer because they, they feel like they're incomplete. So that was a very spooky story that happened to me, but I felt comforted that I had the thousand angels escorting me. So you went alone to this crime scene? Yes, I did. I did. I, I, I didn't need, you know, the police had already been there. So now the second, the second part of the, the job was the cleanup. So the so, body was already taken away, but there were still parts of the body that remained behind. Yes, okay. Yes, so yes. I, I'm assuming he maybe shot himself and there was bladder things like that Is yeah that's that, right uh -huh. that's right but okay. we didn't know how much it was going to be so if i i just needed to check it out and then if it was going to be difficult i would have called in reinforcements 
Well, okay. So let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you this. We only have five minutes left, and you worked in the Hevra Kadisha, which is the Jewish Burial Society, and that means that when a body uh, comes in before burial, it's prepared. And one of the things that you do in order to prepare a body, first of all, you're in a room with this body. You're working with somebody else. I am assuming, and you are very quiet. You don't talk and chit-chat because it's not respectful to the body. Um, and you take the body as you're cleaning it. You are you dunk it in, in a, like a mikvah there. Is that a ritual bath, correct? Right. Okay. So w- women take care of women and men take care of men. And it's very modest, very uh, spiritual, very respectful. Um, the body's fully covered with like a a blanket and we just gently wash different body parts, gently dress them in shrouds and then very carefully put them into the casket. And we use a plain pine casket. And while this is all happening, we, we say to Hillam and there's no talking about the Psalms. Yes, that's correct. We, 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 there's no talking except as it relates to what we need to get done because we believe very strongly that the soul is right there in the room, knows everything that's going on. And as, as, as the soul is confused because it just left its body, you know, maybe even just a few hours ago or just, you know, maybe a day ago. So it's, we want to bury the person as quickly as, as possible. So this it's similar to like the beginning of life when a baby is born what happens the baby's born it's gently washed then it's gently wrapped in a blankie and it's gently given to the mommy right when the baby is born and it completes the cycle of life this is what the hevrakadisha does and the the purification process with the the waters of the mikveh that are each each um, mortuary does it slightly different depending on their facility but sometimes they have an actual mikveh where the person is um the body is dunked into or else there's buckets and you you pour the water over that way but it's such a holy experience and then we actually ask for forgiveness the, it's usually four women and maybe three to four men taking care of the men. And we actually place our hands onto the Aron and we ask for forgiveness for, for if we, you know, did anything, you know, the, by the Aron is the, no. the pine box that they're in. It's the coffin. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I wanted to ask you that uh, when you are dealing with a body, maybe that was an automobile accident or God forbid a terrorist attack, even and it's missing a limb. Right. And it's open there. How do you dunk a body into the water when there's an open, you know, things can fall, perhaps fall out or bleed out or. Yeah, we don't. We have to be very, very, very careful. So in in situations like that, we just have to keep the bandages on and keep whatever's on the body to to keep it all intact. I see. Um, Yeah. And also, I mean, did you ever get any nightmares afterwards when, you know, this has to be a sometimes gruesome job and or just, you know, so I don't know. I mean, did you ever get nightmares? You know, I'm really glad you asked me that question because when I was first asked to do this, the, my Rebbitson friend who said, you want to go do a mitzvah with me? I'm like, okay, sure. And I got in the car and I'm like, I don't know where we're going because she said, don't worry, I'll teach you. And then she told me what we were going to do. I'm like, what? I don't have a degree in this. I don't know how to do this. Uh, however, that first first uh, one that I did that night, I actually had a dream 
And the the lady that I did her tahara on, her ritual um, for preparation for burial, she sat up on her on the metal table and she said to me in my dream, "You did a good job. Thank you." Oh my gosh, I get goosebumps <laughs> hearing this. Wow. <laughs> That is creepy. All right. Well, we've come to the end of the show. If you want to find out more, read more stories, and get a better understanding about Jewish burial, the afterlife, and and again, hear more stories like this, you can get her book. Uh, Where can you order it? On Amazon? You can go to NASC, N-A-S-C-K dot org, or any of the websites, peacefulreturn.org. And you can get a copy of the book there. Okay. So again, peacefulreturn.org and lastkindness.org. The name of the book is From This World to the Next, Amazing True Stories About Jewish Burial and the Afterlife. Robin Meyerson, is it Meyerson or Meyerson? Meyerson. Meyerson. All right. Robin Meyerson, thank you so much for coming on. It's been very, very interesting to have you on and inspiring as well. Hopefully we should all live better lives so we can have a better afterlife. Thank you so much. Pleasure. And God bless you for all of the work that you do. This is not everybody can do this. All right, everybody, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email me, Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Thanks for being with us. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.